Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to SOJC Radio, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and teaching the doctrine of Christ to the whole world. Good evening and welcome to Friday night FOJC Remnant Gathering. Grab your Bible and your pens and your paper, and when two or three are gathered in his name, the Lord is right here with us. So thank you for joining us, and here's Brother David. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the October 13th, 2023 edition of the FOJC Remnant Gathering. I am David Carey Cole, and I am so thankful for each and every one of you joining us for the broadcast this evening. Our broadcast this evening will be a little on the heavy side. Uh, It's entitled The War in Gaza. What else could we teach on this evening, The War in Gaza? And uh, we're going to be giving a biblical perspective And as always, the Word of God is so amazing. Got a lot going on here at Ground Zero. It's a hopping and a popping. We're looking forward to our prayer-a-thon at the end of the month, and all of our broadcasts are uh, hitting on full steam. Uh, We're going to have a red-hot midnight ride tomorrow night. What else could we teach on this evening? The war in Gaza. And uh, we're going to have a very red hot midnight ride tomorrow night um we'll be talking about uh what's going on and um so you know so all we got to be thinking about we're going to be getting a biblical perspective on that tonight and um the word of god is our guide there's no need for people to turn to the left hand or the right but we'll turn toward lord and tracy benet is here again at with us here at ground zero so we're going to let Sister Tracy go through the prayer requests and lead us in prayer. Sister Tracy, here you go. Well, thank you, and thanks, Sister Donna, as well, for letting me be here. And welcome, everyone, out there tonight. We've got several prayer requests, and I'm sure that all of y'all have your own special prayer requests as well. We have a special request for Cassandra and her loved ones. Austin and Morgan's infant son uh, was born with brain damage. We're needing a miracle there. Julie's daughter, Candy, has a lesion on her pituitary gland that's leaking. And we are going to be praying for just a mighty work of the Lord and healing there. We, of course, want to pray about the war over in Israel. Uh, We've got Star and her husband for their move that they would sell their house quickly and that all things would fall into place for them at their new place we also want to pray for Calvin Reese Brian's dad for complete healing and comfort there and Rebecca for healing of cancer let's go to the Lord in prayer Heavenly Father we bring these requests before you knowing that you alone 
have all of our concerns and cares in your sight, that there is not one thing that falls apart from your view, Lord. Father, we ask this night that you would help Cassandra's loved ones, Austin and Morgan, help their infant son to have healing of that brain damage, Lord, and let it be to glorify you in this healing touch that you place upon him. Give the family comfort, Lord, at this time. Increase their faith, Lord. Don't let that devil come in and and damage their faith. In Jesus' name. And we pray for Julie's daughter, Candy. God, we need Candy's lesion on her pituitary gland to just go away. If at all possible, Lord, we ask that you would remove it and make it stop leaking and let it be completely healed and restored to that first state of health. In Jesus' name. We pray about Star and her husband and their house, that you would allow it to sell, Lord. Move mightily, and even now prepare the buyer who would be the perfect person for their home, and that it would be a blessing to all involved. We ask for you to allow them to sell above what they're asking, that they would be able to use that to glorify you and their move. Help their home and property where they're moving to to be prepared in advance, and make a way for them, Lord. We pray for healing for Mr. Reese, for Calvin Reese, Lord, that you would just give him a mighty healing touch, even now. And we pray for the family of Calvin, that you would just give them comfort and wisdom, give them all discernment and wisdom and knowing the right decisions to make in moving ahead. We pray for Rebecca, Lord, that you would completely heal her of this cancer that's plaguing her lungs and give her that healing touch that only you can do. Help her family as well, Lord, as they walk through this, to have comfort and trust in you, nothing wavering. And let all of these miracles and healing, may it stand as a witness to your great power. And Father, we we come to you about this war in Israel. Lord, it's not just for the Israelis, not just for the Palestinians, but for all involved, including here at home. There is so much division, Lord. There's so much fighting and hatred. We know these things needs be, Lord, but we do ask for a special covering to be upon your people, Israel, that you would shield us and defend us against every attack of the devil. Hide your people. Allow those folks over there who are in ground zero of it. Give them wisdom and discernment to flee from the dangers that are coming. Allow them to make a way of escape, Lord, and get them out safely and help them to be just always in memory of you in remembrance of you, Lord. Father, we ask all of this in your mighty name and we pray for the broadcast this evening that your hand would indeed be upon Brother David and Sister Donna. Anoint him with your Holy Spirit to spread forth your word in truth and let it touch hearts everywhere. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, we pray and we agree. Amen. Worship the Lord for a little bit, and we'll be right back with tonight's message, The War in Gaza. We're sorry, but because of copyright rules, you cannot hear my music. However, if you want to hear the message in its entirety with my music, you can join us on the radio page on Friday night for the live audio broadcast at 6 p.m. Central Time, or you can listen on our podcast page at FOJCRadio.com. Here's Brother David. Turn in your Bibles to Amos chapter 1. We're going to begin reading in the 7th verse. 
And for several decades now, the Bible has been my daily companion and my my guide and my surety. And it never ceases to amaze me, whatever the day, whatever the hour, whatever the crisis, the clarity with which the Word of God speaks to us is always there. It's always our help in the time of need, our light in the time of darkness, and no less now. There's not an hour so dark where the Word of God does not show us the way. And in Amos chapter 1, verse 7, But I will send a fire on the wall of Gaza, which shall devour the palaces thereof. And I will cut off the inhabitant from Ashdod, and him that holdeth the scepter from Ashkelon. And I will turn my hand against Ekron, and the remnant of the Philistines shall perish saith the Lord God. And when the Lord God says something, we know that we can believe it. And as we read these words of the ancient prophets tonight, we can look on the live stream on our our television sets, and we can see the smoke rising from this very area. The names we hear about on the evening news have been prophesied in the scripture for a long time. And that which we see playing out in Gaza and the fires burning there, It is indeed the judgment of God. But this is a scenario and this is a war where the judgment of God is going to be played out, not only on the Palestinians, but the judgment of God is going to be played out upon the nation of Israel also. And in Zephaniah chapter 2 and verse 4, For Gaza shall be forsaken, for Gaza shall be forsaken. And as I read these words this evening, we can see in real time the bombs hitting Gaza and the order for the over uh, estimated 1. million people in Gaza have been ordered to evacuate. And truly, this is where we're at at this point and at this time. The word of God is amazing, isn't it? See, Zephaniah, let's read the text 2 and 4. For Gaza shall be forsaken, and Ashkelon a desolation. They shall drive out Ashdod as the noonday, and Ekron shall be rooted up. And the amazing thing about this war is it's not like there's the good guys and the bad guys. It's like the judgment of God is going to be worked out not only on the nation of Israel, but also on the Palestinians. And it's just an amazing thing. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9, The thing that hath been is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. We went through the same scenario in 1967, Uh, This has been playing out for many thousands of years because the people now that are involved in this conflict, they're being driven by the same ancient spirits that have driven this conflict for thousands and thousands of years. And truly, it is these people groups that are driven by principalities that are bringing this together and, and bringing this conflict. It's being perpetuated. And this is also very much tied to Bible prophecy and the end of days. We know that Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so would it be in the days of the Son of Man. And in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 11, the earth 
also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. One of the great characteristics of the antediluvian world in the Nephilim incursion was the violence that filled the earth. That word, violence, this is the first use of that word in Scripture, and that word violence means Hamas. The Hebrew word for violence is Hamas, and this was one of the characteristics of the Nephilim when God looked upon the earth and saw that it was so corrupt, and how appropriate that we speak to these things on Friday the 13th, the day of global jihad and violence. Is that an, a, an abomination unto God? Yes, absolutely. It absolutely is. And what we see embattled in, in, in here, we have two nations that are both following false gods. Uh, the nation of Israel is following a false god just as surely as the people in Islam are. They're both under the direct motivation and influence of fallen spirits. They're being manipulated and driven into conflict that's going to result in the judgment of God upon both groups. Now, as we sit back and we look at this, we have to remember our place, our position, our role, and that is to stand on the ramparts and hold out the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this week I saw, uh, because there's all kinds of crazy out there, I saw a major pastor, uh, he was down in Nashville, and uh, he put out a video, he was on the stage of his church with his worship team, they were all draped with uh, the Israeli flag and the five-pointed star, and his rant went something like this. Uh, we need to blow up the Dome of the Rock. We need to annihilate Gaza. And uh, then we'll rebuild the Third Temple. And then we'll be raptured. We'll be out of here. Well, I would just like to say something to the Muslim folks uh, or any Arab or Muslim people that would be listening. And there will be some. Praise God will. I just want to say to you that that is not Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God are not to blame for rants like that. And uh, I apologize on behalf of their ignorance and their stupidity. And I would like to say also to any Israelis that, and there will be some that will listen to this broadcast, thank God. I want to say to you that uh, I, I do not believe that you are the nation of God. I don't believe that you or anyone else has any brownie points with God because of her genetics, but I want to say this also, that I believe that you have a right to live in peace, you have a right to have a nation, and you have a right to defend yourself. And certainly, uh, it is not with any kind of a venom of that I try to just state clearly what the Word of God says. And that's the bottom line. We have two groups of people here that have rejected the true God, and they're going to fulfill the judgment of God. It's prophesied on both groups. And uh, whenever we look at this, there's two things to consider. There's the Luciferian, a luminist agenda, and there is the agenda of the Father. The things that are transpiring have been prophesied, and the prophecies of God are going to be fulfilled just like the Bible says. And also we need to be aware of the agenda of the Luciferians, the game plan that they are pushing. 
And I want to speak to you just a little bit about a letter that was written in 1871. It was written from Albert Pike. And any of you, and I, I'm just thankful for new listeners. Uh, I think we're seeing some new folks in the chat. Welcome to FOJC Radio. We're always welcoming new listeners, and we're getting a lot of them. We're so thankful, and we're thankful we're getting response from the Middle East. So um, bless you and welcome. And in 1871, Albert Pike, who was the most famous Freemason of all time, his uh, book Morals and Dogma, could be considered the Masonic Bible, and he let he he wrote three he wrote a letter to Giuseppe Mazzini in 1871, and Giuseppe Mazzini um, he was a good Italian boy and he was red hot. Uh, he took over the Illuminati after the death of Adam Weissoff, and Mr. Mazzini also started the Mafia. Uh, he was quite the guy, but. The three world wars that were planned, and t- there, here again, keep in mind this was written in 1871, and for many years this was in display on the London Museum. But the first world war was to enable communism to destroy the Tsarist government of Russia and to replace it with militant atheism. Box one checks fulfilled his plan. The second world war would be started by a manipulation of the governments of Great Britain and Germany to start a world war. Well, check box number two. And there's a third world war that's being planned. And it says that this would begin by firing up controversy between Judaism and the Muslim world. They hoped that the Zionists and Muslims would destroy each other and bring the rest of the world into a final conflict. This Armageddon would bring complete social, political, and economic chaos. That is their plan, to incite a world war between the Jews and the Muslims that will totally collapse everything to where they can take control and build it up from ground zero, order out of chaos, and things are right on schedule. As we see, as we sit here tonight and read our Bibles, it's it's no news to anybody that the hatred and tensions and strife all over the world are at a fever pitch, and we have to understand that it's our job to hold out the gospel unto our Muslim friends and to our Jewish friends and to tell them that the way they're following is not the right way, that there is truth, there is certainty in Jesus Christ and the Word of God. And that's our prayer, that people will turn to Jesus in this dark hour. First Samuel chapter 6, beginning in verse 16. And just like the other prophecy said, this is a contention with the Philistine people. And in First Samuel, beginning in the 6th chapter, the 16th verse, the names that we're seeing each night and each day on the news, these are names that are right here in the Bible. First Samuel chapter 6 and beginning in verse 16. And when the five lords of the Philistines had seen it, they returned to Ekron the same day. And these are the golden emeralds which the Philistines returned for a trespass offering unto the Lord. And you see, <laughs> you know, I tell you what, you got to laugh to keep from crying. But one of the curses upon the Philistines, what an emerald is, it's a hemorrhoid. 
and they were smitten with hemorrhoids. And boy, we've all been there and done that. That ain't no fun. So what do they do? You talk about darkness. Uh, they offered up a golden hemorrhoid as an offering. I mean, you talk about pagan darkness. That's hard to beat, ain't it? But it says, and these are the golden hemorrhoids which the Philistines returned for a trespass offering unto the Lord, for Ashdod one, for Gaza one, for Ascalon one, for Gath one, for Ekron one, and the golden mice according to the number of all the city of the Philistines belonging to the five lords, both of fenced cities and of country villages, even unto the great stone of Abel, whereon they set down the ark of the Lord, which stone remaineth unto this day into the field of Joshua the Beshemite. This conflict between the nation of Israel and the Philistines, it's been red hot for a long, long time. And it goes back to an ancient battle, as this text tells us, where the ark of God was captured by the Philistines. And there's no symbol that is any was any more dear to the hearts of Israel than the Ark of God. And the Ark of God was actually captured by the Philistines. And we're going to think a lot about the strategy, the ancient strategies that were employed and how that these are still being used. And in first Samuel chapter four and verse one, and the word of the Lord came to all Israel now Israel went out against the Philistines to battle and pitched beside Ebenezer, and the Philistines pitched in Aphek. And the Philistines were a people that they could do things to really get your blood boiling. And this is what we see now. The, the modern-day Philistines have done things that have enraged and united Israel to a fever war pitch. We're seeing the scenario repeat itself truly. The thing that has been is the thing that is now. There's nothing new under the sun because the people that lived in the Bible days have gone on and died, but the people that are alive today are being moved and driven by the same principalities as they were of old. In verse 3, And when the people were coming to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Wherefore hath the Lord smitten us today before the Philistines? Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh unto us, that when it cometh among us, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from thence the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, which dwelleth between the cherubims. And the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. And when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, Israel shouted with a great shout, so that the earth rang again. And as the Philistines defeated Israel in battle, this united Israel, and they brought the Ark of the Covenant in. But this was a time where we're going to be looking at the deep depravity of Israel. We're going to look very specifically at what that depravity was, and we're going to see that truly this is repeating itself, that the sins of Israel of old are the sins of Israel today. And I want to read something from Peter Lang's commentary on the text there of the false shout. And he said this, 
by the loss of the ark of God, God taught the Hebrews that they could rely on his providence only when they lived obedient to his law. And when they transgressed his law, could rely neither on him nor on the sacred ark. And sadly, we have to say this about Israel today, that there is no religious fervor, there is no cries of whatever they can cry or make claim to that's going to save them. They have forsaken the covenant of their God, and they have forsaken Jesus Christ, his Savior. They have nothing to rely on. And all of the war drums that are beating, all of the shouts, all of the noise, God has nothing to do with it. Anyone that makes you want to believe that you should jump in with a fervor and a hatred uh, into this situation on either side, they are badly misleading you. Brother Lang goes on to say, It is one of the weightiest laws in the kingdom of God that when his people who profess his name do not show covenant fidelity in faith and obedience, but under cover of merely external piety, serve him in appearance only, being in heart and life far from him. He gives them up for punishment to the world, before which they have not magnified the honor of his name, but have covered it with reproach. Not only is the judgment of God falling on Gaza, but you're going to see most surely the judgment of God come upon Israel because however loud you beat the war drums, however religious fervor and unity you see, the Middle East is the most religious place on earth. But it's not the religion of the true God on either side. The Ark of the Covenant, it was a symbol and it was more than the symbol, it was the place where the Lord dwelt and met with Moses between the cherubim. And Moses understood this. In Numbers chapter 10 and verse 35, there was a day when there was covenant obedience to the Ten Commandments and God's moral law and his covenant. And in Numbers chapter 10 and verse 35, there was a day when the ark of God went before the army of Israel. And it Numbers 10 and 35, and it came to pass when the ark set forward that Moses said, Rise up, Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered and let them that hate thee flee before thee. When Moses put the ark in front of the army of God, it wasn't just some mere show, but the very presence of God was with them because they lived in obedience to the Most High God, and he fought their battles. In Exodus 33 and verse 15, And he said unto them, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up from thence. And Moses knew that having the presence of God with Israel was the most important thing. But sad to say, as we all know, Israel has come to the very same place today as the scripture speaks in first Samuel, in first Samuel the fourth chapter. And I want to begin reading in verse nineteen. And his daughter-in-law Phineas, and this is recounting the story when the Philistines took the Ark of God, and Israel, after the false shout, 
they shouted and they did whatever they could, but they went to battle with the Philistines, and they were not only beaten, but the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant. And in First Samuel 4, beginning in verse 19, And his daughter-in-law Phineas's wife was with child near to be delivered. And when she heard the tidings that the ark of God was taken and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and travailed for her pains come upon her. And about the time of her death, the women that stood by her said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast borne a son. But she answered not, neither did she regard it. And she named the child Ichabod saying the glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken and because her father-in-law and her husband and she said the glory is departed from Israel for the ark of God is taken and surely today the glory of God is departed from Israel because they are not walking in covenant obedience there is no more glory of God upon Israel than there is upon Palestinians. What indeed we are watching is the judgment of God play itself out. Now we're going to get quite specific here. And in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 12, there is specific sins that were taking place at the time when the Ark of the Covenant was taken. And in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and in verse 12, and Eli was the high priest at the time, and it says, Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. Now we're going to be looking at the sons of Belial, and it's very interesting. In the Dead Sea Scrolls, it talks about the war in the last days between uh, good and evil, and it says that the sons of Belial are going to fight against the sons of light and the sons of Belial they were idolaters they worshiped other gods in Deuteronomy chapter 13 13 the sons of Belial Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse 13 certain men the children of Belial are gone out from among you and have withdrawn the inhabitants of the city saying, let us go and serve other gods which ye have not known. And what we see in the Middle East today is a lot of sons of Belial that are calling upon people to worship other gods. And it needs to be said, just because there is so much confusion and so much to the contrary that is coming out of the dispensationalists who are the loudest group in the so-called American Christian community. But in 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse 22, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. There's only one true God, and there is one God eternally existing in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That is the true God. And when Israel chose to reject Jesus Christ, they did not only reject 
the Savior of the world, but they rejected the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They are not worshiping the God of the Bible. Neither is Islam. They say that Allah hath no son. And what we see, we see two factions of the spirit of Antichrist, and they're warring with one another. Both are being driven by fallen spirits. They're coming into conflict, and this conflict is going to result in the judgment of God upon both groups. And we have to look upon this as we see that which man is trying to instigate and that which God is ultimately going to bring to pass. Now let's think a little bit about the sons of Belial and how they roll. And what the sons of Belial do, they do things that are so outrageous and so evil. We've heard some very horrible reports um, out of Israel this week. Very, very horrible things. And, uh, and you're all aware about them. I don't need to recount them. But in Judges chapter 19 and chapter and verse 22 let's look at how the sons of Belial roll and it says here now as they were making their hearts merry behold the men of the city certain sons of Belial beset the house round about and beat at the door and spake to the master of the house the old man saying bring forth the man that came into thine house that we may know him. They were wanting to sodomize and gang rape this man that had came. And the thing we need to realize here that this is not the Philistines that are wanting to gang rape this man. This is the tribe of Benjamin in Gibeah. And we don't even need, you're all so well aware of the outrageous stand that not only America but Israel has taken in regard to this issue and I can say also that anyone that's in the United States of America this is going to regard rebound to the judgment of God here don't you think you have any ground to pray and have a righteous God act in your behalf it's judgment ahead for this wicked nation. Adam Clark in his commentary said this on this text in, in Judges 19.22. And that's the way the sons of Belial do. They do things that are so outrageous, so ungodly, that it will actually unite the enemy against them. And this is how they move things to the next level. These are the things that instigate wars. And also, we know that uh, the sons of Belial will use false flags. We did a 9-11 anniversary show. Uh, 9-11 was a big false flag. We're going to be peeling back the Kennedy assassination. And as we see these things, we understand how this beast government rolls. And indeed, Brother Clark said this, These were genuine sodomites. As to their practice, sons of Belial, rascals and miscreants of the deepest dye, worse than brutes, being a compound of beast and devil, inseparably blended. When you come to the place, homosexuality is an abomination to God, but when you come to the place where you want to 
gang rake people you don't even know. You're talking about the sons of Belial. You're talking about a depth of depravity that is demonically driven to the point where, what can you say? As Adam Clark said, it is indeed a mix of beast and devil. In the book of Genesis chapter 19, we see the sons of Belial at Sodom. This time we see them in the the pagan peoples of Sodom and Gomorrah. And in Genesis chapter 19 and verse 5, and they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. The absolute depravity of the sons of Belial. And this rebounded in the days of the judges until all of Israel coming together and as that story unfolded there there these men these sons of Belial and I'll read you the text I'll read you the text in Judges chapter 19 and these are the kinds of atrocities that starts wars these are the things that the sons of Belial do that's what we're seeing now we're seeing the sons of Belial that are instigating and escalating things in Judges chapter 19 verses 25 through 27 and the scripture says here and this is recounting the controversy in the time of Judges at Gibeah. It says, But the man would not hearken to him. So the man took his concubine and brought her forth unto them. And they knew her and abused her all the night until the morning. And when the day began to spring, they let her go. Then came the woman in the dawning of the day and fell down at the door of the man's house where her Lord was till it was light. And her Lord rose up in the morning and opened the doors of her house and went out of his way. And behold, the woman, his concubine, was fallen down at the door of the house and her hands were upon the threshold. What can you say about the demonic depravity of such people? Is that like Brother Clark? We've got a mixture of half man, half devil, half animal. And literally that word has been used to describe... And I realize, you know, I don't know. We've got, we we don't know every little thing of every little thing. There's false flags going on. But what we do know is we're watching the judgment of God work out before us. And we're, we're seeing it all happen just as it's written in the books. Now, in the time, and you notice this also, and so much is said in Israel, you can't miss it. All Israel stands united. Bebi Netanyahu and his opponent, they're united because of these atrocities. The same thing happened in Judges chapter 20. After the woman was raped to death by the sons of Belial, then all the children of Israel went out and the congregation was gathered together as one man from Dan even to Beersheba with the land of Gilead unto the Lord in Mizpah. And in verses 13 and 14, they said, Now deliver us the men, the children of Belial, which are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and put away evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin would not hearken to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. These were Israelites of the tribe of Benjamin, and they were so about their defense of this wickedness that they were ready to go to war. And in verse 14, But the children of Benjamin gathered themselves together out of the cities and to Gibeah to go out to battle against the children of Israel. They were going to fight for their right 
to be demonic, demonic animals. Now, I think I'm going to take a break at this point here. We've got we've got other many much more to say here, needless to say, but we're going to be starting in a new section here. We're going to be tying in the the connections of the Nephilim. We're going to be tying in the tribe of Dan so that we can analyze and see clearly just what we've got going on here. But we've got all the ingredients here. We've got all the ingredients, all the boxes are checking, and there's no doubt that the prophecies are being fulfilled before our very eyes. So we're going to take a break, and we're going to be back in just a few moments on the FOJC Remnant Gathering. This is Tracy Vanay from He Walks With Us Everywhere over on YouTube. Knowing the doctrine of Christ is the most important thing in your life, whether you know it or not, as David Carrico says. We are excited to bring you the sound doctrine we need to endure these last days. Our newest original series, Enduring Sound Doctrine, is now airing on my YouTube channel. In Matthew 24, 13, Jesus says, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. I like to say it's not a hop, skip, and jump to the end. It's an enduring. We welcome you to come over to He Walks With Us, one word, everywhere, and subscribe, like, and share. And please remember to subscribe, like, and share FOJC Radio's YouTube channel, Underground, one word, church. Thank you for listening to the content that we're presenting, and of course for your support and your love and your prayers. We hope to see you over there. This is entitled Wolves, written on November the 5th, 2022, Sabbath morning, 647 a.m. Wolves in sheepskin, they are plenty, standing at their pulpits, spewing lies, half-truths, and apostasy. Smooth things they cry, itching ears they find, no conviction of souls, no bended knee, just put your money in the plate before thee. Eyes to see, ears to hear is what you need. The word spoken, the light of the world for you and me. Faith, obedience, and humility come to the Father and be truly free. Don't wait a second longer, hear him now. Time is short, you see. Come out of her, my people. This is Tracy Vinay from He Walks With Us Everywhere over on YouTube. Brother David and I are so excited to be bringing you a new original series entitled Flat Earth and the Scriptures. In Job 28, 24, it says, For he looketh to the ends of the earth and seeth under the whole heaven. Do y'all know that there are hundreds of scriptures that refer to the true biblical cosmology of this earth? Well, we're looking to expound upon some of those in this new series. We hope it will edify and educate and maybe even entertain a little bit. So come on over and check out the new series over on He Walks With Us, One Word Everywhere. 
and also check out David and Donna's YouTube channel, Underground One Word Church. Please subscribe, like, and share to the channels if you haven't already. And we just thank each one of you for your prayers and your love and your support. And we do look forward to seeing you all over there for this new series. All right. Take care and just know that the Lord indeed has made us unique and special. Wonderfully and fearfully have we been made. Now back to tonight's message with Brother David Carrico on FOJC Radio. The FOJC Remnant Gathering, and as I always do at the break, I want to sincerely thank each and every one of you that studies with us and that prays for us and that supports us with your gifts and with your kindness. We do appreciate it from the very bottom of our heart. This Sunday night on FOJC Radio Sunday Night Live, we're going to be doing a Back to the Future Decoded, and it's going to be a more of a light-hearted broadcast. I'm ready for one of them, aren't you? And we're going to hang out and fellowship and decode Back to the Future this Sunday night, 8 p.m. on the FOJC Radio Rumble Channel. Uh, our October Prayerathon, Monday, October the 30th, 6 p.m. on our Underground Church uh, Radio Channel. Uh, keep John Pounders and Now You See TV in prayer. Uh, fighting Another Strike uh, from YouTube. And I'm not sure where we're going to be. We're going to be midnight riding somewhere, whether on YouTube or whether on Rumble. We will be riding tomorrow night. Let's get back into the scripture, into Judges chapter 16. We're going to begin in verse 1. And we're, we're analyzing this ancient conflict between Israel and Gaza, which is a conflict with the Philistine peoples. And in Judges chapter 16 and verse 1, Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there a harlot and went in unto her. And there was much spiritual and physical fornication upon the part of Israel with Gaza. And in verse 2, And it was told the Gazites, saying, Samson has come hither, and they compassed him in and laid wait for him all the night in the gate of the city and were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning, when it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson lay till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of the hill that is before Hebron. And there is so much symbolism in this. Um, we have the the spiritual fornication of Israel with Gaza and the Philistine people, the literal physical fornication. We have Samson going through the two doorposts, represented, uh, re- representing Jehachin and Boaz, the two twin pillars of Freemasonry. And that twin pillar symbolism, it goes back much older than just Freemasonry. We see the opening up of the gates. And truly the things that Samson did and the things that are being done today, they're opening up gates. They're opening up gates to ancient spirits. And we see the ancient spirits doing the manipulation that they have for thousands of years. And they took it up to Hebron. Hebron was the great city 
of the Anakim. And we have a Genesis 6 footprint over this whole thing. We read in Genesis chapter 6 where violence, Hamas, had filled the land. And truly we have all of these things in place here in Judges, the 16th chapter, and also in what's going on right now. Another thing, we need to understand that when Israel attacked the Philistines, that it was the tribe of Dan that led the way. The tribe of Dan that led the way. And that's what we're seeing today. We're seeing the tribe of Dan position itself, not only within Israel, but within Great Britain, within our country. And for many, many years, and we've read this many times before, I'm going to read something from one of the Apostolic Fathers, Irenaeus, who wrote in the second century, and he and Hippolytus and many other of the early believers, they believed that the beast of Revelation 13 would come from the tribe of Dan, and I absolutely believe that. And what we're seeing right now, the coalition of Israel, Great Britain, and basically all of the G7 nations that are coming together, this is the implementation of the tribe of Dan that will produce the beast of Revelation chapter 13. And as Irenaeus wrote long ago, he said, and Jeremiah does not merely point out his sudden coming, but he even indicates the tribe from which he shall come, where he says, We shall hear the voice of his swift horses from Dan. The whole earth shall be moved by the voice of the neighing of his galloping horses. He shall also come and devour the earth and the fullness thereof, the city also and they that dwell therein. This too is the reason that this tribe is not reckoned in the apocalypse along with those which are saved. And it's sad to say, but it's true. We might as well say it because it's true, is that many of those in Israel today, they are Ashkenazi. And I have read the writings of the kings of Ashkenaz, and they very well admit that they come from Japheth. They do not come from Shem, which will force us to do a little rethinking of the word anti-Semitism. But this was this was the way that it was. And in Holy Blood, Holy Grail, which is not a spiritually good book, but it's a very informative book. And it talks about the connection between the tribe of Dan and the European bloodlines. And just like in the days of old, the tribe of Dan moved on Gaza. That's what you're seeing right now. And the tribe of Dan, which we could call the king of the north, and we're going to understand the king of the north, the king of the south, but Israel is tied in in this war with the G7 nations and what we could call the uh, the European bloodlines. And the European bloodlines, they are the ethnic people from the tribe of Dan. Let's just read a little bit of this. It says here, and the Merovingians were also frequently called the long-haired kings like Samson in the Old Testament. They were loath to cut their hair. Like Samson, their hair supposedly contained their veritu, the essence and secret of their power. 
whatever the basis for this belief in the pursuance of the Merovingians' care, it seems to have been taken quite seriously as late as 754 A.D., when Childrich III was deposed, in that year he was imprisoned, and his hair was ritually shorn at the Pope's express command. So these people understand that their power comes not from God, it comes from a superstitious occult power, and that their power is resting upon their military might, and this is certainly going to fail them. And there's all kinds of Nephilim. I'll just say Nephilim uh, flavor to this whole thing, and, and very blatantly so. First Samuel 17 and verse 4, one of the five lords of the Philistines was Gath, and we know about Goliath of Gath. And in First Samuel 17 verse 4, And I am in Judges. That's not going to work. We'll get in First Samuel chapter 17 and verse 4. And the mark of the beast is all over that. Samson was a super soldier. And of course today, the super soldier is what is behind all of this genetic experimentation, the genetic alteration. This is rampant in the United States military, in the Israeli, the Korean, the Russia, the Chinese. They're all going there. And in 1 Samuel 17 and verse 4, there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose heart, whose height was six cubits. There's one six. Now let's count the... Uh, the elements, the different number of his uh, armament, and there's six of them. He had a helmet of brass upon his head. He was armed with a coat of mail. The weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of brass, and he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders, and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head, yeah, that's six, weighed 600 shekels, yeah, there's the third, of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. 666 is all over this. The super soldier of the Philistines. And 666 is all over this. The Philistines are once again being invaded by Israel. And it's the tribe of Dan going after them. Does that mean they're righteous? No. This is the fulfillment of prophecy that Gaza is going to be desolated. And it's there. It's all over our Bibles and you've got to try to miss this. And this is the fulfillment. This is being driven by the fallen angel agenda. This is nothing but global Luciferianism. They don't care anything about anything but power and control and the, the complete subjugation of all human beings under them. And when this war gets ugly, and it's going to get real ugly, and this could this has all of the ingredients of being this this very time we've it might not be it might be calm down and go again but you know in 1967 i remember that and a lot of people thought that would be the trigger of armageddon but i tell you what all of the ingredients are here as we very very well know now let's go to the 83rd psalm Psalm 83 
And we're going to read the first three verses in Psalm 83. And this just jumps off the page at us. Psalm 83, verse 1. Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. Now let's just think about these hidden ones before we go deeper into this chapter. But the hidden ones, that's us folks. We're the hidden ones. Let's look at Charles Spurgeon comment on this text. He says, hidden away from all harm are the Lord's chosen. Their enemies think not so, but hope to smite them. They might as well attempt to destroy the angels before the throne of God. Praise his name. And we need to faith up here. We need to armor up. We need to realize that if we are where we need to be, standing on the wall, preaching the gospel, proclaiming repentance to all sides, that we are going to be hidden away and protected by God. And indeed, I want to read the scripture in Isaiah. Um, In Isaiah chapter 26, it's important for us to understand this. We're coming very near this time, I believe. Isaiah 26 and 20. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. Things are going to get so crazy that you need to be ready to just shut the door and stay in for a bit. But I don't plan on staying there, because we've got work to do. (coughs) Excuse me, I'm going to have to get a little drink of coffee here and... um, Excuse me, grease my gizzard here just a little bit. Now, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. We're the hidden ones, and this is the bottom line. The bottom line is Satan knows that Hamas doesn't follow the true God. Satan knows that the nation of Israel doesn't follow the true God. He knows that we do. That is the object of hatred of Satan to eliminate us. And when the beast comes to power, don't think he's going to be your pal. Don't think the Republicans are going to save you. The beast is going to be coming after the Israel of God. But that's all right. Because our God is going to show up mightily just like Moses when he led the army of God with the Ark of the Covenant and the very presence the Lord will lead the real Israel of God through this time. We're the hidden ones, folks. We're the ones that are hidden and protected. In Isaiah 54:17, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper for every tongue. That shall rise against thee in judgment. Thou shalt condemn. And you talk about tongues of wagon. You talk about little little dweebs that don't know anything. They don't have anything in their head but air. And they want to rant against the word of the Lord. They want to have their little, their little hissy fits and show their rage and their stupidity will rage on. Every tongue is going to be silenced. No weapon. <coughs> that is formed will prosper every tongue 
that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. We stand tonight not in our own righteousness, but in the righteousness of Christ. We are the hidden ones. In the 27th Psalm, Psalm 27, and this is the thing, clothe yourself in the presence of God, like Israel was led by the presence of God in the days of Moses. Hide yourself in his presence. Psalm 27 and verse 5. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Amen. In Psalm chapter 31 and verse 20. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence. From the pride of man, thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Wag on, demonic tongues. Wag on. We have a God that will stand by our side as we proclaim his truth. And we must loudly proclaim it to all that there's a Savior. There's a Savior. And his name is Jesus Christ, and that salvation is real to all that will call upon him. In Psalm 83, let's go back. We need to look on in this psalm just a little bit this evening. Psalm 83, verse 4. They have said, Come, let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. How much? These are the very words that have echoed now in New York as we speak. Thousands of people are gathered together (coughs) saying that the nation of Israel deserves to be wiped off of the face of the earth. Truly, we're living this right now. Right now, we're living this (coughs) as we speak. And forgive me, my... I think I'm going to have to result to a cough drop here. This is DEFCON 3. i got to go to a cough drop because <laughs> I, 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 I gotta, there's more things here i got to say. And my throat's giving me fits here. So say a little prayer here for Brother Dave because we gotta, we got some things we got to say here. Now, Psalm 83, verse 5 through 8. <clears throat> And I'm going to take my shoes off here because I'm going to have to count on all my toes. I'm going to need all ten toes for this one. If you're a Bible underliner, I want you to count. And here in Psalm 83, there are displaced people groups that are saying that Israel deserves to be wiped off the face of the earth, that they, they don't deserve to you know, even exist. This is the very cry. This is what is taught in radical Islam. They're taught this. They're taught to hate from uh, a very young age. And in Psalm 83, beginning in verse 5, I want you to count how many nations we got here. And they're not nations. They're displaced people groups. Psalm 83, beginning in verse 5, for they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee, the tabernacles of Edom, and the Ishmaelites, of Moab, and the Hagarenes, Gabal, and Ammon, and Amalek, 
the Philistines with the inhabitants of Tyre. Asher also is joined with them. They have holpened the children of Lot Salah. There are ten kings there. There are ten kings, and by the way, they don't have kingdoms anymore. And in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 12, we know what the word of the Lord says. Revelation 17 and 12. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. And what we have here, we have the ancient war between the king of the south and the king of the north. We have two groups of ten kings. There are ten kings and the king of the north, and basically, um, if you do a search on on your pooter of the global north, the global north are the G7 nations. The G7 summit, by the way, the beast has seven heads, doesn't it? Uh-huh, all right. And it also has ten horns, and within the, the northern confederation, and basically what the the G7 are, it's basically Europe, the NATO nations, the United States, and Australia. Everything else is now calling itself the Global South. We And now the, the Global South is rising up to rebel big time against the North, even implementing their own uh, replacing the petrodollar and all of that. You know, you're aware of these things that are going on. So we have on the Global North, we have ten kings without a kingdom. We've got little Billy Goat Gates with its bio burgers. We've got little George Soros. We, we've got all these billionaires. They're, they're kings. They're moving things. They're the movers and the shakers. They're not kings over a geographical nation, but they are kings that are making things happen. Well, there are also kings in the global south. There are ten horns. They're the leaders of these dispossessed peoples that have a uniting factor, hatred against Israel. And it to them, it's not a matter of true spirituality. To them, they hate that nation in the Middle East. They hate those people there, and they want to destroy them. They're driven with a demonic obsession, and this is what's fueling the conflict. And this is what we're seeing play out before our eyes. There are ten kings in the north, and there are ten kings in the south. Now, I want to read something from uh, a book by James Lloyd. It's called The Rise and Fall of the Romerican Empire. And he picks up on something here that hardly anyone else does. And he talks about the two levels of the ten kings. The king, the king of the north, there's ten kings in the north. There's also ten kings in the south. But he says this. I'll just read a little bit of it. It's, it's worth listening to. He said, but the 1970s, Many Arab states had organized into an oil cartel known as OPEC, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, which is, which is critic, what is critical to realize is how then-President Richard Nixon engineered an agreement with Saudi Arabia, the largest oil exporter in the world, to require oil, oil, all oil transactions to be conducted in U.S. dollars, the petrodollar. Yes, yes indeed. And it was set 
in, in place there by OAPEC. This is the very thing now that they're rebelling against with the global south and the ten toes, the ten horns of the south. It, and it goes on to say, essentially, America became the money changers in the temple of world commerce. That's soon going to stop. He goes on to say, in 1968, these Arab states agreed to form OAPEC, the Organization of Arab Petroleum Exporting Countries, to facilitate a political front resisting the rise of the Jewish state. Even though OAPEC was built on the idea of Arab states who were oil exporters, it quickly morphed into a political cartel by including radical Arab states that were non-oil exporters. Just like OAPEC, the membership fluctuated, but it largely consisted of 10 members to say nothing of the fact that 10 members were nations with kings. Ten kings without a kingdom. We have two sets of ten kings. And these two sets of ten kings are coming into conflict. And this scripturally is defined as the king of the north and the king of the south. And this is all over. I mean, you can read this. Just do a Google of the global north. And you can see right now the war between the global north and the global south over this very very thing, the petrodollar. Now, in Daniel chapter 11 and verse 40, this is speaking about the willful king that we have spoken about very much. This is prophesied in the book of Second Estrus. It's prophesied in the book of Enoch. We've talked a lot about the invasion of Israel by Iran. That is prophesied. Now, as this willful king in Daniel 11 moves into Israel, and I believe this will be so... You know, I just think, well, we know this could happen this evening. Let's face it. Now, even today, Iran is issuing threats against Israel. We've got our um, our largest, the largest aircraft carrier in the world with our warships going into the Mediterranean. You, you know these things. But in Daniel 11 and 40, it says, and this is speaking of the willful king, and at the time of the end... The king of the south shall push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots, and with horsemen, and with many ships, and he shall enter into the countries, and shall overflow and pass over. It tells us when when the king of the south, and who's the king of the south? It's real easy who the king of the south is. Who is funding Iran, the king of the south, the king of the rebellion against the G7 nations and the petrodollar? It's old Bing, 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 Xi Jinping of China. He is the guy behind Iran. This is the the dragons of Arabia that is prophesied in the book of Second Estrus. We have talked about this, and I almost hate being right, but it's here in our face. And as they are pushed, and you see, it looks to me like a double cross. Iran is literally being pushed into this, and the fact that, well, 
uh, they just got six bill from Uncle Joe. Uh, it might be that uh, they're being encouraged to do this very thing. But they're going to be double-crossed. They're going to be took down. And uh, Iran, it's not going to be good for them. And it's not going to be good for Gaza. There's not going to be no winner in this war. We've studied many times Isaiah 17. where, And I'll, I'll just take the time to, to read a little bit of that this evening. Because, um, my goodness... Isaiah 17 and 1, the burden of Damascus. Behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city, and it shall be a ruinous heap. The cities of Aurora are forsaken. They shall be for flocks which shall lie down, and none shall make them afraid. The fortress also shall cease from Ephraim, northern Israel, and the kingdom from Damascus, and the remnant of Syria. They shall be as the glory of the children of Israel, saith the Lord of hosts. Truly, the glory will be to the parted. And Damascus is going to go away. It's there now, but it's there's it's going to be like, now you see it, now you don't. And all the way back to the days of Moesh Diane, which I remember, that one-eyed general, um, they've had what they call, believe it or not, their Samson defense. Oh, yeah, the Samson defense for the tribe of Dan. That's appropriate. But it basically says this. Israel is so small that if there were biological or nuclear weapons detonated within the land of Israel, that it would be so devastating just because Israel is very tiny. And just like Samson, at the time of his death, he pulled down the pillars and um, and killed the Philistines. Their Samson defense is that if they feel that they're threatened, they'll unload all of their arsenal on every target they can get. Israel has nuclear submarines capable of launching nuclear warheads. They have some very good pilots that can deliver nuclear bombs. This is what we see. The war that is spoken of in the book of Revelation where, um, and, and I think maybe we just better... We just better turn there and read it. It's going to be a lot of death. It's going to be a lot of death. Um, Revelation chapter 6, verse 7. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And that word pale in the Greek is chloros. That means green. The green of Islam. Have you heard of the Green New Deal? The green of Islam. Getting real green around here, isn't it, folks? So, yeah. And uh, this green horse and his name that sat on him was death and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth. Right now, about one-fourth of the world's population is Muslim. Over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death... And with the beasts of the earth. And basically what they're going to say is look what fundamentalism gets you. Look what Jewish fundamentalism, Christian fundamentalism, and Islamic fundamentalism gets you. We're going to have to have a new religion. We're going to have to have a new Luciferian mass where all ways to God are proper and all do away with this. And of course, if you believe in the God of the Bible, you're going to be the odd man out. And they're going to come after you. And they're going to come after you economically. And they'll come after you militarily. If they can. And we know it's written in the book. 
that we don't need to be naive that this is what it's going to be. So this is where we're at, my friends. We're here, and I want to read a scripture for this fellow. Um, I, I tell you what, it just really grease my gizzard uh, to hear this little rant this guy did. Uh, and, and he was calling for the Dome of the Rock. Yeah, let's just go blow this up. Well, that might happen in rapture fairy tale land, but that's not going to happen here in the real world. Um, and if and if it does get blown up, there's not going to be no temple built there on the on the on the Temple Mount. Daniel nine twenty seven, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week shall he cause sacrifice and oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. In the days of Antosius Epiphanes, the temple was desolated. In the time, 586 B.C., the temple was desolated and desecrated. 70 A.D., it was judged. And at that time, we remember that we've brought this out, and very few people will, but it was the Sodomite Jewish army that would perform ritual. They would perform acts in front of the Roman soldiers. Titus told them, if you walk away, you can live to fight another day, but the drag queen army that committed abominations in front of the Romans to where Titus, it was all he could do to hold them back. That's the sons of Belial, my friend, motivating things unto the very place of destruction. I'll read a little commentary here from Matthew Henry. We need a little Puritan wisdom about now, don't we? He said, he must confirm the covenant with many. He shall introduce a new covenant between God and man, a covenant with grace, since it had become impossible for us to be saved by a covenant of innocence. Today, the predominant doctrine being taught by these people that are just preaching hate and rage is that it isn't the covenant of Jesus Christ but it's the covenant of Antichrist. You see, whoops, you've got the wrong covenant. It's the covenant with Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. I mean, you talk about being wrong. There's wrong and wrong, but that's real wrong. By offering himself, Brother Henry goes on, by offering himself a sacrifice once for all, he shall put an end to all the Levitical sacrifices, shall supersede them and set them aside when the substance comes, the shadows shall be done away. That the city and sanctuary shall in particular be destroyed and laid quite waste. Titus, the Roman general, would fain have saved the temple. Thank you, Brother Henry. Titus, the Roman general, would have fain saved the temple, but his soldiers were so enraged against the Jews that he could not restrain them from bringing it to the ground that this prophecy might be fulfilled. There shall be a overspreading of abominations in, in a general corruption of the Jewish nation and abounding of iniquity among them for which it shall be made desolate. That the desolation shall be total and final. He shall make it desolate even unto the consummation. Look that word up. That word means the end of time. Israel as a nation is spiritually bankrupt. It's desolate. 
There's no spiritual truth coming out of the spirit of Antichrist. Totally bankrupt. That temple mount is desolate. And when we see the the uh, Dome of the Rock, it's the judgment of God upon them for rejecting the Savior of the world and making covenants with other gods. It's sad to say, I don't say it with any great joy, but we must speak clearly. We must speak clearly and we must think clearly because these are truly perilous times. Second Kings chapter 1. Then Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab, and Ahaziah fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria, and was sick. And he sent messengers and said unto them, Go inquire of Baalzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover of the disease. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria, and say unto them, is it because there is not a God in Israel that ye go to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not come down from the bed on which thou art gone up, but thou shalt surely die. And Elijah departed. And when the messengers turned back, he said unto them, Why are ye now turned back? And he said unto him, There came a man to meet us, and said unto us, Go turn again unto the king that sent you, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Is it not because there is a God in Israel that thou sendest to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore thou shalt not come down from the bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. It's a shame when the leaders of Israel call upon foreign gods. It's a shame when the children of Israel walk in such blatant disobedience to those covenant promises. And we truly have to remember the words of our Lord. And we're going to read this in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44. And Jesus said this, But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, and do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. So that's what we do this evening. We hold out the gospel of Jesus Christ to our Muslim friends. We hold out the gospel of Jesus Christ to our Jewish friends. And we say that Jesus is the way. That Jesus is the way. And we we will not let ourselves get wrapped up in the hatred. There's no place to plug into this thing, my friends. There's no place to plug into it. People that are trying to find a political and military um, answer, you're just citing your, it's just a matter of which group of fallen spirits you're going to align yourself with that's just quite literally what we've got playing out here, but we're going to stay on the wall we're the watchmen upon the wall we're going to preach the gospel and we're going to see the Lord do marvelous things with the Israel of God and we've got to be ready we've got to be ready to enter into our chambers 
and we've got to be ready to come out of them preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the message that we bear, and that is what we will do. So I'm going to close this message for today. I think I've done about all. My throat's going to stand, so I guess I better quit. But as always, we thank you so very, very much, all of you that pray for us and um, have a heart that's united with us in our, our very, you know, it's a shame that it is a unique message, but our message is simple when we believe in the doctrine of Christ and the commandments of God. We believe in the whole Bible. We believe in all of it. And we believe that Jesus Christ is going to return and raise the dead, judge this wicked world, and hold that final judgment. We believe he's going to bring that new heaven and that new earth. Well, with that, I'm going to close. Um, We've got uh, a new Holy Commission boot camp, but Graham is up. Uh, We've got um, our last Sunday Night Live with Tracy. I just really enjoyed that. It's doing so well. Uh, This Sunday night will be on the Rumble channel, lightening it up a little bit. Back to the Future Decoded, we're going to have a lot of fun with that and just kind of hang out and fellowship and look at, we know there's predicting programming as reality. And we're going to be looking at that this Sunday night. Tomorrow night on the Midnight Ride, going to be a little on the heavy side. I would just bet, uh, John hasn't decided for sure, but I just kind of bet we'll be on the Rumble side because it's just liable to get a little rowdy. Liable to get a little rowdy tomorrow night on the Midnight Ride. So we just thank each and every one of you for uh, praying for us and supporting us. We've got uh, a message that's radically different from that which you're hearing out there, and that's radically good. We're thankful to be able to stand with the Lord and be that message of clarity, that message of clarity that rings so true from the Word of God. Let's close out with a word of prayer. Father, we do truly thank you for this opportunity to um, come before you in these perilous times. We're thankful, Lord, that no matter what the hour or what the time, that you're there and that your word will speak clarity and truth and certainty to us. And, Father, we do lift up the, the remnant that is there in the nation of Israel and there in Gaza. We know that there's believers there. And we ask, Father, that you just hide them away in your presence and that you just make a way for them. Father, we just pray that in the midst of all of this that people will see the real Jesus and hear the real message and turn in repentance to the true gospel before it is everlastingly too late. And Father, we just pray that you open the hearts to people to receive this. We know that we can say the words, we can preach the message, but you have to open the heart. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray that you open the hearts of the people, that they will receive this message, and people will be convicted and drawn unto you for salvation. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and we agree. Amen and amen. God bless you all, and we're going to see you next Friday night, 6 p.m. Central, Lord willing, on the FOJC Remnant Gathering. Thank you for listening and joining in fellowship with us here at FOJC Radio Remnant Gathering. You can contact us at 
FOJC, Post Office Box 671, Tell City, Indiana, 47586. Or you can email us at lastdayschurch at cs.com. Or you may call us at 812-836-2288. You can check out our website at www.fojcradio.com. Thanks and God bless. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.